Section 28 of Short Stories from Locomotive Engineer's Journal, Volume 52. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Judy Mason. A Warblight by Ruth Graham. This story illustrates the fact that no matter how high one may be in the social scale, there is no escape from the trials and disappointments that beset humanity. The estates of the Earl of Buffington and Sir Andrew Martindale, representatives of the old aristocracy of England, adjoined. The Earl's only son, Oliver Tisdale, from the time he was seven years old, was permitted to play with Gladys Martindale, a girl of five. Then Oliver went to Eton and returned a handsome, manly youth of seventeen. Gladys was at this time fifteen. There is something delightful in the love of two persons of opposite sex at this tender age. They drift together, unconscious of the slowly weaving thongs that are binding them to each other. It is a spiritual rather than a passionate love. At least it was so between these two. To Oliver, Gladys was something to be reverenced, protected, a thing of beauty both bodily and spiritually, not to be profaned. To Gladys, Oliver was the embodiment of manly strength and beauty. He was heir to an earldom and this cast upon him a glamour for she was merely a younger daughter of a baronet no word of love was spoken between them at this period for neither was conscious of love oliver went to cambridge university where he was graduated with credit and choosing the army for his profession entered one of the regiments most frequented by noblemen when he came home as a soldier he was a man and gladys was a woman what had been a sweet companionship now burst forth into a passion the two were inseparable and in time their engagement was announced it was to have been expected that oliver being heir to an earldom would have mated with one of equal rank with himself and who would bring him an estate to match his own instead of uniting with a portionless daughter of a country baronet but so charming was his fiancee that his family made no objection to receiving her as the future mistress of buffington castle indeed she was warmly welcomed the nuptials and oliver's coming of age were celebrated at the same time if ever a couple seemed destined to a happy life this one certainly did they had rank wealth health everything that was calculated to make life enjoyable the young lord was respected and his lady was beloved nevertheless to the eastward a dark cloud was rising that was destined to overshadow the world suddenly grim war sounded her trumpet on the continent it was heard across the channel and there was hurrying to and fro among british soldiers then oliver left his bride to whom he had been married but a few weeks to join his command the parting to her came as a great shock in such cases the man is buoyed up by the excitement of the hour it is the woman who suffers his mind is taken up 
with that upon which he is forced to think her mind is free to dwell upon the break and upon gloomy forebodings and poor gladys's forebodings in this case became realities while that handful of british soldiers who formed the left wing of the united forces of england france and belgium were driven southward upon paris news continually came across the strait of dover of many an englishman who would never return to his home many an heir to a title and estate went down like the plainest soldier in the ranks among those reported killed was the man on whom gladys's happiness was dependent for some time the news was kept from her since there was a dread that she would not be able to bear it but finally fearing that she would hear of her loss through some unauthorized channel her friends advised that she should be informed then arose the question who should inform her and how the announcement should be made both her parents shrank from the ordeal it was finally committed to the family physician the shock brought a singular effect when the bride heard that she was a widow she was stunned and at the passing away of the first effect she was left with the hallucination that her husband was with her whether she saw him of the flesh or in the spirit was not understood by those about her when she walked out she appeared to be communing with some one walking beside her while sitting by herself at home either reading or doing fancy work she would occasionally make a remark to one sitting beside her no one intruded upon her to learn the exact nature of her hallucination it was something too sacred to be profaned one feature tended to render those near and dear to her content with it it seemed to replace the mourning under which she would have suffered but for its existence for this reason physicians advise that no attempt be made to convince her of her hallucination for in case she realized that her husband was dead a worse condition was feared as it was she did not seem to be unhappy such is war it is no respecter of persons from time immemorial it has been the profession of the high-born who have been leaders of the humble together they have been sacrificed to the grim monster will the day ever come when man will rise so far above his brute nature that he will settle his differences by peaceful methods end of section twenty eight End of short stories from Locomotive Engineer's Journal, Volume 52, by Various.